five. Tell them I mean it. Amen. Amen. You know, most people, if you would talk to them and, and get past the surface stuff, most people have at least had a couple of challenges in life. Most of us have dealt with some stuff, and, and a lot of that stuff, you know, it just wasn't any good at all. And, and it produced damage and hurt. And, and don't you just hate the devil? I mean, you know, just, just this week and, you know, the stuff that we've had to deal with and helping different people and connect with people and walking through stuff. And I tell you what, it just, you know, just irritates me what the devil can do. But then, you know, you got to snap back over and go, well, wait a minute. This is an opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. You know, you just got to lock on to that. And you got to realize that uh, uh, God has given us everything that we need, right, to live godly, to live, to live a godlike life. To ha- Jesus came, according to John 10, uh, verse 10, Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life in abundance through the full till it overflows. We're talking about God life. God life. It's more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack. Hello? More healing than sickness. Right. And and sometimes stuff pops up and it's just a great opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And I think if we're not careful, we'll forget what our mission is. And, 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 you know, we, we get to we get to responding to circumstances. We get so busy responding to circumstances that we forget that we are the people who have authority and dominion. That God has put us in charge, that God has anointed us. Listen to me tonight. You're anointed of God. You got the fingerprint of God on your life. Amen. And, and the enemy recognizes it. I think sometimes you forget it, but the enemy knows just how anointed you are. And he knows that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has come alive inside of you, and you're a threat to the powers of darkness. And I said you're a threat to the powers of darkness. And if you could just get your praise on, you know, the Bible says to take off the, uh, what, take off the, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what the Bible says. Okay. <laughs> I just I thought about making something up. But uh <laughs> Oh man. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, take off that spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. And a lot of times we get caught with our praise down. You know that that garment of praise ain't on. Get that on. Right? Come on. Get that on. Just, I know, I know life can be hard and difficult and unfair and bloodied up mess, but get your garment of praise on. Get your praise on. Look at your neighbor and say, get your praise on. Okay? Hell's attracted to you not because you're good looking, but because of the mark of God upon your life. Right? And, and, and we, we face an enemy, and he's a real enemy, but he's a real defeated enemy. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. Uh, Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. How many think Jesus was successful in his purpose on earth? Well, if he was successful, then he destroyed. He didn't break the chains of bondage. He destroyed them. And there's a big difference. You know, well, the anointing breaks the chain. No, the anointing destroys the chain. There's a big difference because that which is broken can be repaired, but that which is destroyed is annihilated or rendered powerless. I mean, think about this. You've got a defeated enemy wreaking havoc in your life. Well, that ought not be so. How come the defeated enemy is messing with me? Because you're letting him. Right? And you're getting focused on what he's doing instead of what God's about ready to do. 
and you don't have a promise, you don't have a seed, and since you don't have a seed, you don't have a scripture, if you don't have a scripture, listen to me, if you don't have a scripture, you do not have a seed. And if you don't have a seed, you can't expect a harvest. You can't expect it to produce. You know, not too long ago, Shelby and I went out in the backyard and we built some boxes, and, and, and we, 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 you know, we're, 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 we're farmers now. Right? We're growing stuff, and as long as we don't forget to water, it's going to be all right. And, and uh, we're really good at this kind of thing, too. And, and, uh, and we, we got that stuff. But, you know, if you just built the box, and you get, get the dirt, and you mix in the stuff, and you, you know, and you water, but you ain't ever put no seed in there, you're not going to get nothing. Right? And, and you, you know, you, you've got to have the Word of God. Oh, get, get, here's, here's your scripture. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Just take that this week. Okay, God, I'm getting up and I want to put on the garment of praise. And praise him like you lost your mind. Because hopefully you have. Right? Because uh, we have the mind of Christ now. Right? Your mind's the thing that's getting you in so much trouble. And you don't realize that, that the enemy's taking advantage of you. And it's not just impacting you, but it's impacting your house and this region. And God believes in you. Look at your neighbor and tell him God believes in you. You know, sometimes crazy stuff happens to great people. Hello? Yeah, well... well. Did you just say it's happened to me? Uh, well, here's a fine example. Here's a great guy right there, self-proclaimed. <laughs> Devil come along and let him into believing he's great. I think sometimes we, we start acting like, well, what did I do wrong? Where am I missing it? What do I need to do? Well, you need to get your praise on. It's just going to happen. Uh, check this out. Acts chapter 8. We're going to read a few verses tonight. Um, starting at verse 1. And I want to read from the Amplified. Saul was not only consenting to Stephen's death. Stephen was a great guy. He was. He, he, remember Stephen? Stephen's, if you read the book, you know, you're going to find out Stephen, Stephen had some stuff going on. And, uh, uh, and they took him out and they killed him. And Saul, who later becomes Paul, Saul's all excited about it. And he's pleased and entirely approving. And on that day, a great and severe persecution broke out against the church. Everybody say against the church. I know you think that the devil's picking on you, but really it's against the church. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail. But that really was an admission that hell's going to fight what Jesus is doing. So you got Jesus saying, I'm going to build my church. And he should have said, expect hell to show up. Great and severe persecution broke out against the church. And they were all scattered throughout the regions. Everybody say throughout the regions. That's going to be important in a few minutes if I get there. Okay, throughout the regions, and uh, everybody except the apostles were scattered, and a party of devout men with others helped to carry out and bury Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul shamefully treated and laid waste the church continuously with cruelty and violence, entering house after house. I hope you're right in your Bible and you can underline some of this, these phrases. You ought to underline house after house. How, how, how's the enemy going to come up against the church? House after house. He's just trying to get in your house. 
He's just trying to get in your house. And some, sometimes we're so blind, we just think it's all about us. No, it's about, it's about God and his kingdom and his movement on the earth today. And, and, and the reality is, is that what's going on in your house doesn't just impact you. It impacts everybody. Right? It, it, it impacts the house. It impact, impacts the, the church. See, uh, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll make statements. And, and you know... I, you, you, know, you know me well enough, right? I'll just make a statement. Sometimes I know you're going to take it wrong, but I make it anyways. Because I just love to irritate and, and you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, you get to talking about the stuff that's coming against you. And don't you ever think for a moment that Shelby and I have never had stuff come against us. We're in the middle of stuff right now. But there are not enough words. Here's one of my favorite statements. There are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe to you how much I don't care. Uh, no, and, and I know that in, in some of your minds, you go, he doesn't care. And, and, and you're missing the whole point. I just don't care about the stuff. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to take all my care and cast it upon the Lord. Right? I, I'm trying to just keep my heart right, my mind set on the Word of God. And, and trust me, I know from a little bit of experience that my final outcome is going to be better than my current condition. And, and there are moments, just to be real transparent, there's moments when it's kind of hard to go to sleep at night because that stuff I don't care about is getting in my head. But I have to remind myself, wait a minute, I don't care about that. I got a promise. And the fact that the enemy's coming against our house is because he's trying to stop God's church. So it's, it's vitally important that you realize we love you. Do you hear me? We love you, but we're not going to get riveted to the stuff that's coming against you because we've been riveted to the promise that God gave concerning you. See, and and, and we, we want you to rise up in victory and demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of your life. Every day of your life. It's really weird. It was really weird uh, this week. I, I can't remember what night it was. It was probably Wednesday night because I had to get up early Thursday and, uh, you know, and come to the men's prayer. And usually, you know, I have trouble going to bed Thursday night because I'm thinking, why go to bed now? We're going to get up in an hour and go pray. And, uh, yeah, but I, I, I start, I, you know, I'm not a big dream guy. But, but I had a dream this week. And, uh, and the rest of the week, God's really been talking to me about what, what was going on in that dream. And, uh, and, and I, just, I just want to share just a teeny piece of it with you tonight uh, because, it, because it was about you. And, uh, and, and I realized that God has tricked me. You ever had God trick you? Shelby did, and she's been married to me for a long time. It's good to have her mom and dad with us tonight. Yeah. It is. Remember when you told me I couldn't marry her? (laughs) That was funny. Okay, just. (laughs) He did. He said no. And, uh, And we didn't do it. Yeah, I know. You're not very good at that. I think you just like saying no, just see what's going to happen. Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Dreams. Okay, dreams, yeah. Um, I still don't know why I'm talking about it. Uh, I got, you threw me off. Uh, trick, oh, yeah, the, yeah, God tricked me. 
You know, because um, over the process of time, stuff has is, is been, you know, it's like, it's like God's been arranging and changing and working in me, and I know it because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, the guys who know me well know that I'm not the guy I used to be. But the other night, uh, in my dream, I realized how angry I was at the devil because not, not what he's been trying to do at my house, but because of what he's been doing in yours. And, and I realized that God shifted uh, some stuff inside of me. And, you know, and, and at this time, you know, our youngest son's graduating. But I realized that uh, I've got a lot of kids in the spirit. And what used to irritate me about the enemy messing with my kids is that's how I'm feeling about what the enemy's doing in you. And, and I kind of got up that morning and w- with this passionate desire to kick some devil booty on your behalf. And, and I just started realizing that, that, that what the enemy is doing, when I say the church, I'm not just talking about the garden. I'm talking about the, the church. See, the enemy is trying to come against the church, but it's going house to house. And a lot of times we, we get all messed up because we, we so focus on what's happening in our house, we don't realize that... that there's a lot more than that going on. And, and he went house to house, and he drugged people, men and women, and put them in prison. And there are people tonight, now hear me, because I'm going to have to speed up. Uh, there's people in the room tonight that are in bondage, good people, anointed people, called people, but yet areas of your life where you're in bondage because the enemy has come to your house. And it doesn't mean that you're bad. It means that you're under attack. And that irritates me. Not with you, with the enemy. Hello? So we're all on the same page still? Now, now look at verse, where are we, four? Now those who were scattered abroad went about through the land from place to place preaching. Look what they did. They went preaching the Word of God. They went about talking about their problems. No, they did not. They went about preaching the Word of God. Those who got scattered went about preaching the Word of God. The enemy went house to house. He's dragging them into prison. And those that get scattered, they're talking about the Word. And Philip, the deacon, not the apostle, went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed Christ. Philip, the deacon, went down. He just slid into town. He didn't no big fanfare, no marching band. He just slid into town and proclaimed Christ. Christ and great crowds of people with one accord listened to and heeded what was said by Philip as they heard him and watched the miracles and wonders which he kept performing. It, guys, if you just stay on the word, it's not going to be long till time to time you're going to see miracles and wonders. Hello? Come on. And, and they, they were all uh, amazed at what was going on. Foul spirits, for seven foul spirits are coming out and, and screaming and shouting with a loud voice. And many who were suffering from palsy and crippled, they were restored to health. Look at verse 8. There was great rejoicing in that city. There was great rejoicing in that city. The, People, stay with me, people are under attack, some get scattered. They seem to be displaced. They should have been at one place, but now they're at another place. But they stand on the Word of God. And as they stay on the Word of God, 
freedom begins to show up, strongholds begin to be broken, and great rejoicing, great joy fills the city. And there was a man there named Simon who had formerly practiced magic arts in the city to the utter amazement of the Samaritan nation, claiming that he himself was extraordinary. He, he told everybody he was great and, um, and, and distinguished, and they all paid earnest attention to him. From the least to the greatest, saying, this man is that exhibition of the power of God, which is called great. And they were attentive and made much of him, because for a long time he had amazed them and bewildered and dazzled them with his skill in magic arts. But when they believed the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, as Philip preached it, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. Guys. He gets down in there, and Philip preaches until, until, the, until the sorcerer gets converted. The stronghold of the city is broken. He slips into town. He just preaches the word. All kinds of people are getting set free. His own persecution and personal opposition is what drove him to come. This is often how ministry works. You see us come, but you don't know why we came. People see you show up, but they don't know how you got there. And they see a passion in you that they don't quite understand because they don't realize that it was the blast of a fiery furnace that caused you to get up here and tell somebody about the freedom which you are now speaking of. And a lot of times you don't realize what we've gone through to get to where we are. But I'm telling you, there's a reason that I'm motivated tonight to tell you that there ought not be any chains on you, that you have the right and the ability to be free in Jesus before you leave this house tonight. That freedom belongs to you and you ought to go get it. Somebody say amen. amen. Paganism, religion, ruling the city. Uh, we got a, we got this dude that thinks he's ruling it, witchcraft and perversion. It's all tangled up. Everybody's in awe of a magician, and he thinks he's in control. But he did not know that somewhere something had started, and a revolution was on its way. It's going to penetrate the darkness of that city, and it was coming because of one man. One man. He's not the pastor. He's just one man that goes down and stays on the word. One man. Look at your neighbor and say one man. Now, now ladies, tonight, this includes you. Okay? If the men have to be the bride of Christ, you can be the son of God. Okay? It's only fair. Man... Man, human, it's two words put together to make one word, humus and man. Humus is dirt, man is spirit. So it's just one man. We're talking about one individual. One individual can change everything for everybody. Just one. Think about it, how God started this whole thing. He's got one man. He draws one woman out of that man. He draws one family out of that woman. He draws one nation out of that family. What does it all get traced back to? To one man. Think about all the different times in the Bible that God used one man. God sends deliverance to his people. He uses one man, Moses. Tell him to set my people free. God wants to feed his people. He uses one man. Joseph goes through a hell to get where he's at, and then he ends up 
bringing food and deliverance to his people. God wants to restore a nation. He uses one man. And Nehemiah goes and rebuilds the wall. God wants to prophesy his return. He uses one man. Isaiah. God wants to share his broken heart with people. He uses one man. And the weeping prophet shows up. One man. It only takes one good man to revolutionize an entire region. And Satan knows it. You got to understand something. God uses one man to deliver a, a region, so the enemy sets up and t- tries to overtake a region to try to stop one man. You know, we hear news of one man coming, so a spirit of abortion comes on. We just going to kill everybody we can find. Why? Because he knows that one man can make, make a difference, and so you know, you think this thing's all about you. No, it's about the difference. That your life can make. See, the enemy doesn't want you to realize what a difference you make. You not only make a difference, you are the difference. Hear me. You are the difference. You're You're the difference maker for your house. You're the difference maker for your region. You're the difference maker. There's an anointing on you to make a difference. And hell's coming against you and trying to fight you because the devil knows if you ever get loose, if you ever get free, you're going to bring freedom to everybody you know. So he's tried to kill your brother and your friends and your mama and your daddy, but he tried to destroy your family. The only problem is... You're still here. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm still here. You end up with all types of opposition and warfare. But what if it's all because you are the one? You're the difference maker. The Bible talks about principalities and demonic magistrates and powers that serve over an entire region and you know there's different spirits that operate over different re- different strongholds and you know well you can't do that in Kennewick and we don't we're not open to that in Pasco and and Richland doesn't allow these things to happen and those things in our city and to have real freedom what we have to do is we have to come up against that demonic influence look at Acts 8 verse 1 one more time Acts 8 verse 1 Saul was not only consenting to Stephen's death, he was pleased and entirely approving. And on that day, a great and severe persecution broke out against the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions. You've got to understand something. What's at war, what's, what we're warring over is the regions. Okay? Everybody's getting scattered into the different regions. Now, if you remember, and because of time tonight, I just need you to use your mind. You can go read it later. Mark chapter 5, Jesus just gets to the other side. Remember, they just crossed the lake. They had the storm. Jesus spoke to the storm. And he talked to them about their faith. And then they get, they get to the other side, and, and, and look who comes to greet them. You know, at the dock is, is a crazed lunatic filled with demons. Okay, the guys, in, think about this for just a minute. The guys in the middle of the storm, if they thought the wind was bad, wait till they see who's meeting them on the other side. Okay, so it could be that you think your storm is bad. Enjoy, enjoy the breeze, because in a moment, you're, you're going you're gonna to have a collision. And, and, and they step off the boat, and, and, the, and the guy starts freaking out, and he's been out there all these time, and you read it, and he's done all this stuff. And, and Jesus is speaking to the devil, telling him to come out and let him go. And, and, the, and, and the demon cries out, don't make us leave this region. 
the devil knew that, that Jesus had authority over them, but they didn't want to leave the region. Why? Because it's important. They're, they're fighting for ground. They're fighting for control. And uh, he even said, what's your name? And he said, Legion, for we are many. You know how many a legion is? A bunch. Okay? It, it's just it's a truckload. Okay? And, and, and I've got, I got to tell you something about the word legion. It, it really implies uh, great orchestration. There, it's an army. They march in order. Listen to me. The, enemies, the enemy that, that you're dealing with is not disorganized. The enemy that's coming against you is not in the midst of chaos. You read this book from Genesis to Revelation, you never find demons fighting against demons. You only find that in the church, Christians fighting against Christians. The legion, he's got, they've got marching orders, and, 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 and they're, they're, they work and operate in unity. And it's only, it's only with us where we got the Baptists fighting the Pentecostals and the Lutheran fighting the Methodists and, and the Saturday night crowd arguing with the Sunday folk, you know. And, and, hello? And really, we don't understand the spiritual authority and power of order. And so what, what we got to do is we got, we got to call our, our house to order. You order in the house. Okay, you just you just got to, uh, this is almost a side point tonight, but you just got to get some order in your house. Okay, it might be time to tell Junior, look, as for me and my house, we're serving God. And we're going to have some order up in the house, all right? You know, why? Because, uh, because it doesn't just impact us, it's impacting a region. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm not giving up my region. The enemy's not only after the region, but he's after the house. House after house. Not your address, but your house. Think about it. The house of David, the house of Issachar, the house of Fields, the house of Carters, the house of Wilkerson. Doesn't it bother you that you, you get free and then all of a sudden something happens to one of the kids? So you fight and you get that free and then something's happening over there to grandma. And it, what's going on? There's a warfare for your house. I said there's a warfare for your house. Think about it. Divorce, 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 divorce. You've had this thing, you know, everybody that you've ever been in, the fa- you look at the family tree and it's just all divorce. What's going on? Well, there's been a warfare, a, a, a demonic influence over your house. And somebody's got to stand up and shake that thing loose. Poverty, 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 poverty. Look, it's time to just say enough is enough. It's a curse that's been upon the house. And we got different spirits running wild through different houses. And it's time to stop it. Biblical illustration. Rebecca was a trickster. She was a con artist. She led, uh, she lied and manipulated her kids. Her uncle Laban was a trickster, a manipulator, a racketeer. Jacob was a trickster, a supplanter. And when the demons get into a family, they scream, don't make us leave the region. 
we're gonna we're hanging on to this thing. Look at David. He's dysfunctional. He's a whoremonger, a demonized womanizer. He's got a spirit of lust. When he, think about it. when he's old, they, when he's old, they brought a young woman and threw him in the bed, threw her in the bed. And when he didn't touch her, they said he's dead. Why? Because they knew that that spirit that had been upon him all that time. No wonder Absalom was so screwed up. Amnon raped his sister. Solomon had so many weird women. He lost control of an entire kingdom. Look at their house. Well, wait a minute. Let's look at your house. Let's talk about our house. You get the devil driven out of your life, but he's chasing after your kids. He's trying his best not to lose the region. Your kids are running into stuff at age 13 that you didn't deal with till you were 40. And you just think it's the time of the season. You know, look, at, look, at, look at society. No, the enemy realizes he's losing his grip, and if he don't get them early, he ain't going to get them. Why? Well, because you've got a level of liberty, and the enemy's doing everything he can to take that ground back. Why? Because he wants the region. Tonight, I'm here to tell you, he can't have this region. You don't need to be putting up with any of the junk that the devil's messing in your home. We're going to break it. It's not, it's, not, it's not enough that you get excited. You've got to get delivered, right? You've got to get free, and you've got to realize that, wait a minute, I, I understand how the enemy's going to work. He's going to try to get somebody else in the house. Remember that, when, that when, when a strong man drives the enemy out, he goes out and wanders around for a while, and then he says, I'm going back to my house, and he takes seven of his cousins with him. Well, listen to me. Listen to that statement. I'm going back to my house. It ain't his house. This is your house. And it's not just your house, but it's the church that's under attack. And so we've got to, we've got to wise up and say, you know what? We're going to get some freedom up in here. I'm going to stand up against this devil. I'm going to break his control. I'm going to break his back. And I, I know it can be broken. I know it will be broken. I know it must be broken. And so it's going to get broken over my life. I'm going to declare freedom in my house. And I'm not just stopping with me. Oh, I got a good day. I finally got that thing off of me. And you're watching the rest of your family act like they're demonized. And you're just being quiet because you don't want to stir up trouble. Listen, we are going to go after this thing. And we're going to break the back of the enemy. And we're getting freedom for the entire house. Freedom for the entire house. Well, I don't believe in this stuff. You will in a minute. You know, there's just different spirits that try to attach themselves to God's people. Right? Why? Well, because we, we've been under this severe attack. Man, you're just inhaling and exhaling, feeling like, wow, I just have to survive. No, you're supposed to be thriving and flourishing. You're, you're going to have life coming out every... I won't say that. You're, you're going to have life squirting out everywhere you go. And, and freedom's going to come to your kids. And freedom's going to come to your mama. And freedom's going to come to your daddy. And freedom's going to come to your cousin. And freedom's going to come to your sister. And freedom's going to come to your neighbor. And, free, and it's going to spread like a wildfire. And guys, i got to tell you something. I ain't got a second service to go on to tonight, so I'm just going to preach till you get free. 
And we're going we're to break that control and get it off of your house. And so we're just going to take a minute tonight, and you might think, this is the weirdest thing I've ever been in. Wait a minute. This is for your freedom. I am irritated that a defeated enemy is messing with God's people, and especially on my watch. So we're going to go after this thing. And I'm telling you what, I'm just going to bind that religious spirit that has you timid and afraid and acting cowardly. And I'm going to, I'm going to break its back and its control over you. And I refuse to allow that thing to, to mess with you and to torment you and to keep you afraid. Well, what are people going to think? What are they going to think when you step into freedom and you realize that I've been called of God, anointed of God, equipped by God, and I got God with me. I'm not alone. I'm not afraid. I'm not broken. I'm not depressed. I ain't going under. I'm going over and I'm going to kick devil booty every step of the way. So there's stuff in your life. Spirits of poverty. I just bind it right now in Jesus name. Sickness and disease. We're go- we bind it. In Jesus' name. I want you to just, we're done, really, we're close to done. And you can run out the back door if you want to, because I'm expecting devils to run. But if you want to get free, what I'd like you to do is just stand to your feet, and I want you to just realize that, okay, these guys are crazy. They've lost their mind. I'm happy to tell you tonight, I've lost my mind. Well, if you're going to clap, clap like you've lost your mind. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom. Thank you, Father, for freedom in this house. Thank you, Lord. We celebrate you tonight. We celebrate you tonight. We've got the Word of God. We've got the Word of God. We declare the Word of God tonight. Father, we bind that spirit of poverty that's tried to latch itself to your people. And we demand that it loose them and let them go. Father, we bind that spirit of sickness and disease. And we, we command it to loose their body right now. Physical bodies be restored, be made whole. Not for a moment, but from this point forward. We break the back of sickness. Father, I declare right now that your word is life to those that find it. Health and healing to all their flesh. Come on, give Jesus a praise and thank Him for health and healing tonight. I think in your life over spirits of hopelessness and confusion and perversion and think about it, you find yourself in the middle of the night doing stuff you don't even want to be doing. What is that? That's a spiritual stronghold. And you ought to, I mean, you almost, if you have to, just shake yourself and get that thing off of you tonight. There's a spirit of freedom in here. There's a spirit of freedom in here. Father, we declare your people are free. I am free in Jesus' name. I am free in Jesus' name. I am free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You, you know, uh, it's just kind of interesting, you know, because, uh, you know, you should get the chance sometime to stand up here at a moment like this. Because there's people, in, and, and listen, I can tell you, I can see it in your spirit. And, and, and it's on your faces. Oh, man, I, I hope this works. This isn't something that works. This is, this is a law that God's wanting to activate in your life. And, and, you know, it is for freedom He set us free. It is for freedom that He set us free. 
And, and maybe what you ought to do instead of, well, you know, isn't it funny how the enemy, he's, he's been doing this a while, guys. He's kind of good at it. And, and he gets you to questioning God. Well, God, maybe I've not been good enough. You haven't. But it ain't got anything to do with that. Right? Because no, you ain't good enough. None of us are. Well, I, I've made mistakes. That's what this is. is a small group for mistake makers. Every one of us. It ain't got anything to do with that. And, and, and I can see it. You know, in, in some of you, it's like, oh, Jesus, wouldn't it be cool if we could be free? You can. I'm telling you, you can. You can have this insane breakthrough tonight. Right? But all you've got to do, remember Perez and Zira? They're twins in a womb, and, and, there, and there, there's, there's a midwife there, and, and uh, you know, Zira sticks his hand out, and then he withdraws his hand. While his hand's out, they tie a scarlet thread, because he's the first, he's going to be the first, but he withdraws his hand, and here comes Perez. Perez means breakthrough. And what happens is, is, that, is that you've got a choice. You can come out, you can come out with the arm of the flesh, or you can, by the Spirit, you can push that Spirit first. We want to be led of the Spirit. Now, everything in you is thinking, I'm going to do this in my strength. But I'm going to tell you, all you're going to do is mess it up in your strength. You need to withdraw the arm of the flesh, get out of the flesh, and realize that if I can just be led by the Spirit of God, I can have real freedom. But you're probably going to have to do something different than you normally would do because what you've normally done has got you to where you're at. So you're going, to have to, you're going to have to have a little breakthrough. And breakthrough is not something that's going to happen. It's something you're going to make happen. You're going to, you are in control. You have authority. And if you want breakthrough, then what you must do is break through. And it's a birthing term. Breakthrough is a birthing term. Sing, O barren, sing. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Why? Why would God in Isaiah 54 come to the one person who has every right to complain and tell that person, what I'd like you to do is sing? Study the word sing. Guess what it means? Overcome. He comes to the one person who has been overcome They've got no production, no harvest. All they have is barrenness. And God says to that one, overcome. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud. Scream like you lost your mind. Get crazy for Jesus for five minutes and wonder what would happen to eternity. Wouldn't it be weird? Wouldn't it be weird if you just got nutty? For about a minute and a half, and it changed everything that you've been fighting over for the last 10 years. Wouldn't that be crazy? If you just said, Oh, I'm done with that. I'm going to step into freedom. I'm anointed. You know, you need to understand tonight that the warfare that's been against you is because you're the one. You're the one. You're the difference maker for your house. You're the one that's going to bring life. It's going to, it's going to start with you. It's going to impact a region. I'm telling you, it's going to impact a region. But it's got to start with you. 
And, and, and you know, what would have happened if Moses would have just refused to be the one? What would have happened if Joseph, when he, when he ended up in prison, said, well, I guess Jesus isn't for me. I guess God doesn't like me. His whole nation wouldn't have been fed. You're the one. You're, I said, you're the one. And if breakthrough is going to come to our city, it's probably going to start in somebody's house. It might as well be your house. So you can have freedom tonight. So whatever it is that's lurking in your closet, just realize you're about ready to humiliate hell. That thing that's been attached to your family for generations, tonight we say, no, nah, enough is enough. And it's going to lose its power. And you might think, well, I don't really have any problems. Look at your house and realize that you're bringing freedom to your house. So what we're going to do tonight, and if you get really nervous in this kind of stuff, if you just close your eyes, then nobody can see you. Right? Remember when you were a kid, you close your eyes, you're invisible. You can't see me. Okay, so just close your eyes. No one will see you. But what I want you to do, and we're not talking about some huge mess. I'm talking about 60 seconds of you breaking forth into singing and crying aloud. You making a loud noise. You shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. I'm talking about you putting on the garment of praise, checking off that spirit of heaviness, and realizing that it is for freedom that Christ has set me free, and I'm going to demonstrate freedom like a wild man tonight, and and I'm going to just prepare myself for insane breakthrough in every realm of my life. Sixty seconds. 60 seconds. We probably ought to tell you that if you just stand there, we're going to bring you up and teach you how to do it. Okay, so I wouldn't just stand there. I, I, I would just say, you know what, just for 60 seconds, I'm going to get the crazy preacher, give him, give him, throw him a bone, and, and we're, going to, we're, we're, going to, we're just going to get crazy for Jesus for 60 seconds. And my watch is set, and we're going to start now. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on. You can jump up and down a little bit. Hey, we're free. We're free. Let freedom reign. Let freedom reign. Let freedom reign. Sickness, go. Depression, go. Anger, go. Strongholds, go. Shepard, hoko, robo, hosite. Be free. Be free. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Come on. You only got about 30 more seconds. Hallelujah. Come on. 30 more seconds. 30 more seconds. Don't you back down. Don't you stop now. Don't you get quiet. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am free. I am free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm free. I'm free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ethel, what just happened? We scared the hell out of the devil. 
I'm, t- I'm telling you, some of you, some of you guys, you're free right now, and you don't even know it yet. I'm telling you, the chains are coming off. There's freedom in the house. No, I'm sure that if you're a visitor here tonight, we should say it was nice meeting you. Um, <laughs> but, but freedom, freedom belongs to you. Freedom belongs to you. Well, do I have to do that to get it? Probably. But what, you know what you have to do is that, is that when, when the enemy comes and he tries to push you out of your region, you just you can't you you can't leave home without your word. Just remember this: that they went they they were scattered, they were scattered, but but they had a word. And the enemy, that's what he's trying to do. Is, you know, he's trying to scramble your eggs, but you, but you got a word. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. No weapon is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, I condemn it. This is my heritage. I'm a child of the living God. God is for me. And if God be for me, who cares what's against me? And you, get, you just got to get this attitude. And you got to stand on that word. And every time, every time you see that devil trying to sneak back in, you jump on him with the word. It, actually, you kind of look forward to it. Because, you, you, you know, he lifts his head and you whack, just hit him. Just knock that sucker out. And, and realize that, you know what, I've got a spirit of boldness in my life. I'm not intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. I'm going to keep my praise on. I'm going to keep my praise on. And, 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 and I'm going to bring freedom. You know what happened with that lunatic? He got set free and the whole city come out to check it out. You know what's going to happen when you get free? Everybody you know is going to swing by to look at you funny. Is that you, Chris? Yeah. You just walk in freedom. You refuse to allow the enemy to wreak havoc in your house. No, I got a word. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. Now, I'm telling you, there's certain scriptures that we've had to take and over 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 again, apply them to the house. But I got to tell you something about my house. We live in a peaceful habitation. We, we got peace in our house. Not a lot of chaos at my house. There's not going to be chaos. Why? Because we have peace. You can have it. You just got to stay on that word. You just got to stay on that word. And you got to stay liberated. Because it's not just about you. It's about a region. And it's about taking ground that the enemies try to take. And we're saying, no, we're not. Some of you guys that are dealing with physical ailments, you got, you got stuff in your body and you've been dealing with it for a long time. You just need to realize that the anointing of God is upon you to bring healing to others. But as long as the enemy can make you think that you're sick and you're broken, you're not going to flow in that anointing. Some of you guys, you know what? There's strongholds of anger that have plagued you and your, you know, and your family, and it goes back for generations. And God's trying to, to free you so that you can be a voice that declares freedom and peace and hope. Some of you are dealing with insane discouragement. Don't you realize that God's going to cause you to bring joy to the lives of many others? Some of your families' marriages are under attack. Listen to me. God wants to use you to bring deliverance to marriages. So you just got to realize, okay, so the enemy's doing warfare. So I'm going to fight back. 
I'm going to fight back. You know, financially, you, you think you're devastated. God can turn around in a moment what you couldn't get created in 25 years. You just need to stand up and get your faith on, get your praise on, and quit backing down and quit walking around kicking your bottom lip off the ground, hoping somebody will notice and feel sorry for you. You don't need somebody feeling sorry for you. You need to be a blessing for somebody else. And you, you just got to realize, okay, uh, th- there was great attack. It's because of the anointing of God and the call of God, the fingerprint of God on your life. Okay, uh, that alcoholism and that drug abuse, that's going to be broken in just a moment. And, and you're going to realize, I've been anointed of God to bring liberty to people in my world. And it's not, going to, it's not going to just stay in this place. It's going to go out through this region. And what God's called us as a people to do, and, and I'm not, and, and hear me tonight, I'm not telling you that we're the hope for Tri-Cities, but we got to live like we're the hope for Tri-Cities. And if we don't get freedom, and if we don't carry freedom, then let's just let somebody else do it. It's your job. It's your calling. You've got the call of God on you. You are the one. So live like it. And walk with your head high. And know that God called me with a purpose and with a plan. And guess what? I'm going to be a fulfiller of it. I'm getting her done. Amen? Close your eyes, bow your heads real quick. I just want to pray one prayer before we go. If you're in this room tonight, you say, you know what? I'm not even sure I know God. Uh, Just tonight, 